Hey, how you doing? Hi, good. This is uh, take three, four of this over two days. It's hard that <laughs> it's hard to say that it's take three when we didn't get more than a couple seconds in previously. It's true. Yeah. I have greeted you a few times this week and this weekend. I think it was this weekend. I called you and said, hi, it's Megan. <laughs> uh, no, that was so. last week, I think. And you said, hi, it's mm. Meg. And I was like, yeah, I know. I have caller ID and have for, <laughs> I don't know, like since 2008. Time is passing strangely. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday. That's rare. Right. Because we did a little switch up. We were going to first mm-hmm. talk about Shirley. And then we decided, mm-hmm. well, blank check boys are talking about when Harry met Sally. So we'll <laughs> do that. So then I watched when Harry met Sally on Sunday night because we were going to record on Monday, release on Monday per our schedule. Then we had technical difficulties. So now we here we are Tuesday. On Tuesday. Still <laughs> waiting to hear what each other's opinions are about when Harry met Sally. Right. I think we know each other's opinions. I mean, I think so as well, but, you know, Mm -hmm. can never be so sure. Right. But, yeah, what have you been up to? So this weekend, I've expanded my quarantine friend group by two people. Yes. So we hung out, uh, watched TV. Um, That'll come back in weekly recommends. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I chilled. Made food. Um, talked to you some. Mm-hmm. Part of the weekend. I mean, not much. What What do I ever do? You know, jeez. You mourned the uh, catastrophe that's going on at Bon Appetit. Right. What a fucking mess. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mike is real. Uh, Mike is real sad because he feels like he's not gonna be able to wear his hat anywhere because he got that seafoam green hat. Yeah, I I have to believe that they'll work it out, and I will say I will follow Sola to the end of the earth. (laughs) Yeah, such a badass. Well, and I think what's kind of great with like her being one of the most vocal uh, people is that she's obviously so like loved and respected, and I feel like all of the other chefs. Like I thought it's unfortunate, but I feel like all of the other main quote-unquote cast members have kind of like come together and had a united front and it reminded me mm-hmm. of like a obviously a more political uh you know front but like how cast members of tv shows will be like we're mm-hmm. all like we all want to get paid the same amount like they don't want one person to make more than the other and so yeah, the friends model <laughs> yeah exactly and so i like that they were all like we you know we demand that Everyone gets paid what they're due, and we're not going to release any more or asking that no more content of ours will be released until this is resolved and we're not filming anymore. Like, I'm very... Yeah. Claire was like, I'm not under contract right now. I was very... I don't understand about how all that works, you know? Yeah. Um, But I do... I mean, it is like they have the power to make a difference. Like, people watch the channel for the personalities. Right. If, like... If they make a stand, they have the, you know, leverage. So, yeah. Well, and I think we'll see. I think it was it was either you or Micah, but one of you was like, Bon Appetit or like Condé Nast has to recognize that like the YouTube channel is where they're making their money. It cannot be like yeah. the the print magazine. No, 
Like, no, of course absolutely not. Absolutely no way. No, especially nowadays. Like, I feel like Bon Appetit, like, specifically, like, Test Kitchen is, like, the brand. Yeah. And if everyone, if, like, they hold the <laughs> Condé Nast hostage, then they have that power. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, part of me wonders if it weren't for coronavirus, if, like, everyone were going would be like this like politically charged like part of me thinks that Mm -hmm. people are just like so fucking sick of like having to sit inside because of like in my opinion really shitty decisions that were made by the leaders leaders of our country as to how to deal with coronavirus that people are like we are not gonna like accept anything else like any of the other shit that comes our way and it's like we're just being told you have to stay inside or you have to follow all these rules. And so like when doing that, I feel like people are maybe paying more attention to what's going on in the news and it's less Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, X, Y, Z happened today. That's terrible. Let's like make a stand for a day. And then, you know, come tomorrow, there'll be like some other news story. Like I I am kind of curious. Everyone's just fed up. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, it kind of, I mean, I feel like every time, and we don't need to go too deep in this, like, political talk, but I feel like every time there's a school shooting, it's just, like, when is, what, which one's going to be the one that breaks the, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know? Yeah. And so with, like, police brutality, it's, like, this shit happens literally all the time. Like, I'm happy that, and hopeful that maybe this is going to make a difference. I mean, that's... Not, I was gonna say, but we have, we but like do, some, but we have to do something different, right? <laughs> and like, I feel like we are starting to see some changes, and I'm like, okay, well, like, I hope that this like follows through. But right now, I feel mm-hmm. like cancel culture is at an all time high, and part of me is like pretty happy about that. Part of me just, or I also just hope that it's not like because companies don't know how to handle like how politically charged up people are right now that they're like oh, let's just make a stand, let's, like, fire all these people, but not actually, like, make any changes within the organizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? This is coming from me, a white person of privilege, too. So who even really knows? I'm obviously not the expert, but. Um. Yeah, but I think, you know, uh, with the with the BA stuff, it wasn't just, like, I mean, obviously, Rap like one of the like uh, there was a headline that was talking about Adam Rappaport having brown face and it's like he got he he resigned and was you know probably forced to resign because of that but there are larger issues and it's not like now that he's out the whole cast is like okay we're good to go they're like you know holding strong for the other demands as well so yeah it's just like for the best. companies like Bravo or they like they you know just fired. Well, I would say at least, like, I wouldn't call Kristen Doty, like, a big star. But, like, Stassi Schroeder is, like, a... I know the name Stassi. I don't know the other name. Yeah, like, Stassi's... does that help? Kristen's kind of, like, nothing. She's... I've been wondering for years why she's even on the show. Stassi is, like, she's definitely, like, a popular name. She's She has a podcast. She, like, has books that are like I think New York Times bestseller she went on like a book tour she's been on podcast tours like she has kind of built a name and a brand for herself and for them to fire her I was like wow this is like really big but then I'm like I don't know is this also just like some sort of 
workarounds or like them to be like, look at us. We did one good thing when in reality, if you look at the Bravo shows, they're like not that well, uh, or they're not very diverse. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. It's very interesting to see how people are getting called out for stuff they did. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I can definitely see. And then the other thing is like, everything is so life or death right now. You know, it feels like, like with, it was for a long time with coronavirus and now like the police brutality stuff has been so insane that I, I feel like it probably emboldens people at work to be like, well, I mean, you know, it's not going to kill me if I call you guys out on some bullshit. So while we're here, yeah, (laughs) which is like good. I mean, everyone should have a voice and be heard. Yeah. I mean, we both. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I saw the article that said like on a company-wide Zoom call, Sola was like after Rappaport uh, apologized, she was like, okay, like, you know, I'm glad you apologized, but I still think you should step down. <laughs> and I'm like, that is, I mean, you know, I don't know. Where is her show? I, I, she's, she's such a badass. I, like, I was like, God damn. want them to, like, break out. I'm so scared to do that. And have, I know, seriously. I, like, low-key want them to, like, break out and, like, let's give Sola all the power. Let's, like, yeah. she's awesome, like, no, as is. And she's always just, if like. If she had her own YouTube channel, I would follow it. And that's why the, the that's why they have them over a barrel. <laughs> like, if all the yeah. good people leave, they're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember when Sola had a little, um, what was it called, Animal Crossing? What's the game you played? Mm-hmm. She had, like, yeah, her, yeah. her little, like, avatar on Animal Crossing. It was so cute. It looks so much like her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like the best. She's, I mean, I just watch a lot of gourmet makes. That's kind of like my main. But mm-hmm. she's always just like in the background. And Claire's just always like, Sola, will you help me? And she just seems like an absolute rock star. So for yeah. her to come that's forward what... with like the things that she was sharing, it's just like, well, fuck. Like, yeah. And you can see how they've been hiding behind like – you know, like that's Claire's series, but like we, every one, when they talk about the test kitchen, it's like, it's, you know, it's because of the interactions with everyone. Yeah. You have to have them all there. So if soul is appearing in Claire's video, she should be fucking paid for it. Especially if she's the only one who can basically temper chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every time. <laughs> right. Anytime Claire needs to temper chocolate, there she is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that like those relationships is kind of what makes more like otherwise it would just be like a youtube playlist where it's like oh and here's right. this chef making this stuff and right. like with this theme right that's what kind of pulls it all together and makes it a channel yeah i mean it's exciting when they all interact yeah like that's one of the first things i ever heard show. about <laughs> ba was that like brad and claire were like the ross and rachel they were like basically right. meant to be <laughs> They were their lobsters. I mean, I remember, like, when they, um, that thing, the Making Perfect Pie episode, when Mm -hmm. they went to um, the pie competition, Micah got so excited. He was like, it's like they're on a date. Like, he was, like, (laughs) geeking out because he was like, it is like they are dating. Like, it's so great. (laughs) When they go on, like, they go on, like, a carnival ride Yeah, This isn't important. But, yeah, no, the point is, like... You know, and then I just get so angry when you find out that it's like all for show I because know. everything seems like it's so casual and everyone's in such a good place and they're so happy to work there and it seems like the best job ever. And then you're like, you're getting paid 
$50,000 to have that job in New York. You're that competent with that much experience. Mm -hmm. It's like a very high profile job and you're just getting shit on and, you know, other people are making way more money. And you're like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about like how much fun it must be to be in the test kitchen. Yeah, I've said like, it would be my dream job. It seems amazing. It seems great, but it, you know, it's such you a also carefully crafted little thing that you know, with millions of viewers, that they're making a little bit more. I yeah. mean, I don't know how and much I mean, like the Brads and the Claires are making. Yeah, they got. They have to I mean, be making I, the most. Way more than that. I saw something. I I won't remember. I won't remember now. But it's like I, Claire gets paid like per episode, and it's like. I feel like it was like 100K an episode. I'll no. have to look it up. I'll look it up. That seems insane. <laughs> I wasn't fact-checking. <laughs> That's 100 Meg. No, 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 no. I mean, she's making over like a million a year if they're releasing an episode a month. I, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, just, I saw something. I don't know. I didn't fact-check it. Relax. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit hard for me to believe. But, I mean... I don't. I also don't know how much chefs make. So, not to mention popular ones on YouTube channels. But yeah, that's. I, it's a different. I assume that's a different <laughs> vibe. Yeah. I mean, I hope that uh, everyone, everyone's demands get met. I mean, it seems like it's a pretty basic one, a pretty simple one. And then I hope yeah. that they can get back to creating content and everyone's all happy hunky-dory and we get to see like Andy and Molly whispering into each other's ears oh that video is so cute it's really cute you know <laughs> so maybe we can throw Claire like an easy gourmet makes yeah you know she'll be fine yeah but anywho um just I guess we're on high alert to see what's coming next it's almost kind of like with the me too movement where it was like mm-hmm. first it was like Harvey and then it was like right. literally any celebrity and it was just yes. like oh my god who's it going to be next like who is going yeah. to be next uh, yeah that's I do think I do I think like the thing is. that it's it's I mean it's bad that this shit happens but it's good for me to be reminded that like I don't know these people <laughs> you know yeah. like you you get in your head that you're like oh yeah like 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 when I said I would love to work in the test kitchen you don't see the shitty part of it you know like when I mm-hmm. saw Baby Driver and I'm like oh Kevin Spacey's really great in this and then you're <sighs> like yeah but he's also you know <laughs> a pedophile and you're like okay Cool. Uh, I can let that go. <laughs> like, I, I can easily move on. I went on a whole <laughs> tangent the other day about how Kevin Spacey releases, like, the most tone-deaf deaf videos every, like, six months. And no one under, no frank. one knew what I was talking about. And I'm like, <laughs> he, like, literally just released one. Was it, like, with coronavirus or something? I don't know. I try to stay out of it. I'll see it and I'll be like, leave me alone. He, I remember the first one where he wanted to where he wanted to come back to House of Cards and everyone was like, no one wants this. Yeah. He released one about how like, you know, not, you know, the he, his job was like taken away from him and he isn't able to work. I don't remember what it was for. And oh, yes, I don't yes, have yes, like yes. Energy. It was. He's like, I can, I can relate. I also am unemployed. Yeah, and we're just <laughs> and like, like, for like starters, you're an Academy different. Award winner <laughs> who presumably made a shit ton of money in your career. Like, number one, probably doing fine financially. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it probably yeah. has a lot of legal fees. Number two, not the same thing. If it is like coronavirus uh, related, <laughs> where it's like people being like furloughed because the economy is crumbling, not the quite the same thing as like being a yeah. sex offender. And yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, read the goddamn room. Yeah, I just like I'm like anyway. We don't even talk about chemistry anymore. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's mind boggling. Anywho, been up to anything else? Anything fun? How's Paddington? Paddington's good. He's so cute. I love he him so much. He is so cute. Um, I today he he was. I went to the bathroom and then I came back out um, and I like didn't see him and I'm always worried I'm gonna accidentally like step on him. So Aww. I was like headed back to my desk and he's like right by my chair and I was like ah. Oh. <laughs> I so I forget what post it was, but I you posted or excuse me Paddington posted something on his Instagram mm, of course, um, of course. recently and I was like oh my god he is just so cute like I wasn't when you were like <laughs> I want to get a bunny I was like. Not a cat or like a dog. Yeah, you're immediately like, why wouldn't you get a fucking cat, you freak? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my God, the fucking bunny is so cute. His little like speckles. Yeah, I love his belly. He has like a little Dalmatian belly. Mm. Cutie. Mm. Nice. Anything else? Any other any other fun um, news? No, we watched some movies. We watched two very different movies. <laughs> yeah. Shirley and when Harry met Sally. Oh, I like yeah, the point yeah. of this was like we're like we're gonna do some new content like we're gonna yeah. like talk about movies that came out and then we both watched Shirley and then I watched when Harry met Sally and I was like counterpoint <laughs> yeah well, maybe you could watch when Harry met Sally well maybe we just kind of do like a quick Shirley then yeah I did like it I just don't I, I don't know I just don't have as much to say about it as when Harry met Sally because it's uh, not a we'll get to it stone we'll get to it. rom-com classic <laughs> i mean like it's so influential we'll get to it um <laughs> yeah okay but surely surely elizabeth moss elizabeth moss somehow two great roles this year in a movie where almost no one else will have any movies come out <laughs> yeah i was listening to the bradley whitford armchair expert this morning and he's on handmaid's mm-hmm. tale with her and he was like mm-hmm. or i think Dak shepherd called her like the best actress on tv like in the past 50 years mm-hmm. and i watched the first season of handmaids and was kind of like this is pretty dark for me to handle right now yeah i never got into it yeah but I'm like, she is just, like, one of the best actress I think we have right now. Yeah. And I really yeah, like I her mean, in, like, a horror space. But Me too. She does it so well. She knows a tone. This is what I think is so good. Is like, you can, I feel like she, you could, like, sit down if you talk to her about the movie. And she, I feel like she's like, I got it. Mm-hmm. And I really do, like, I have it. <laughs> because, like, I mean, she plays a lot of, like, haunted roles we've discussed in the past. Uh-huh. Um, but they are, like, all different. You know, like, The Invisible Man is not her smell, is not Shirley, right. is not us, you know? But, like... Those are all kind of their own niche performances in the same vein. And I think that takes so much skill to not just kind of be the same one note. Because you could kind of do the same thing for almost all of those roles. But it's different. Yeah. And it's good. I love her and us. (laughs) I think she is incredible. I just love her character so so much. Um, Bradley Whitford was saying that, like, 
they'll call action and she'll just like go all out. I mean, there's a lot of like screaming and just like a lot of emotions are required on Handmaid's Tale. And then they'll say cut and they'll be like, okay, yeah, let's try this again. She's like, okay, yeah, sure. And she's like perfectly back to normal. And then they say action and it's like she goes all out all over again. (laughs) And like I can see it and like you see her performance and you're like she's acting like an absolute lunatic. And you're like in your head you're thinking this isn't the first take. It's probably pretty Mm -hmm. similar every take just because she is like so good and she like goes that far. But it's just nuts that she, like, snaps back and she's like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, digest the note or whatever. Where are you pulling from? That's what makes me worried for her. Scientology? (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand. That's what makes me worried for her. Her, Um. like, cryptic divorce from Fred Armistead. Yeah, that's I, – I think about that a lot, actually. I think about that a lot, um, a lot too. And now he's with <laughs> Natasha Leone. It's just like – Yeah, and, like, I feel like like that is, like, two sides of the same coin, you know, yeah. in, a, in a weird way. Anyway, not important. <laughs> um, but, no, I think – I mean, she's, she's good. And you are, like, I don't want to be around you. Yeah. <laughs> in an effective way. Well, and it was really cute because – this will be the last I bring up Bradley Wood for the love of my life. Um, but he was saying that they worked together, you know, when she was a kid and she was President Bartlett's daughter on the West Wing. So like 20 mm-hmm. years ago, they worked together. And so I think that that's also really cute that it's like yeah. reunited and it feels right. so good. Good. And they were both in a Jordan Peele movie, you know, like. I mean, it's same connections. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wonder, do you have a preference of Get Out or Us? I think I think I prefer Get Out, but he was okay, well, yeah. one more. I was so excited. Okay, so today was the first day I got to go back to using my gym uh in like mm-hmm. three months. And so I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to the Bradley Whitford armchair expert that dropped yesterday. <laughs> And did you, when you were younger, did you ever think you'd be this lame? Because I also structure my workouts around podcasts now as well. And like, that's not normal. No, absolutely not. I remember when I was a kid, my dad watching Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants with my family, my parents, Mm -hmm. my dad was like, oh, that's the guy from the West Wing. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Because he's Carmen. matter, dad. Yeah, I'm like, "Uh, excuse me, do you not know, do not know as Eric? Wasn't that Carmen's stepdad? And we hate him. No, but Eric, uh, the soccer (laughs) coach, I think it was. Oh, right. Anywho. Yeah. Anywho. And he was her her real dad. That was the that was the drum. I haven't seen the sister of the traveling pants in ages. Uh, We should rewatch. I know there's a step parent. It's complicated. Yeah. (laughs) We should rewatch that. Um, Anywho, where was I going with this Bradley Whitford story? Oh, the gym. He was saying. He was saying that when he f- was filming Get Out, he didn't think that the I would vote for Obama for a third term was like a joke line. He just thought it was yeah. like a normal line. And then it was like oh, no. they screened it and people were like erupting and well, probably not erupting in laughter because it's Get Out. Yeah. So the tone is still pretty dark, but people were like snickering right. and whatnot. And he also said he'd like go up to Jordan or they would have to do like his um voiceovers or whatever and he'd be like so like how do you think it's coming and he was already a big fan of key and peel but 
Jordan Peele, I guess, like, when he would go up there, he'd be like, you know, I think it's, like, actually, like, pretty great. And Bradley Whitford was like, you know, this guy's just saying that. This is a project he's been working on for years. Come to yeah, find he's out. he's never it's made like, a movie. It's like, what, like, maybe one of the only, like, traditional – was February releases horror that a horror February movie horror movie that, that got the best, best picture, picture nominee and like for a second I was like this could happen oh <laughs> so good anywho man Get Out is so good um we're getting distracted I like both Get Out and Us I don't know if I can I did say too. which I like more I mean I think like in a vacuum, I like get out more, but us, we did see it South by Southwest. And if fun. I think about it too much, I could cry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I always just love emotions. that scene of uh, um, Allison Williams. Wow. Where's she been besides like getting divorced yeah. uh, of her like eating her little Fruit eating Loops? Cheerios. Or, yeah, Cheerios. Yeah, with and, the milk separate. Yeah. Oh. Good. He's good at I the mean, visuals. He's good at these like really man. weird and chilling visuals. Yeah, Ugh. and you know what's interesting? I've almost everyone, all like of the younger stars out from Get Out, like have kind of gone on to have like a bunch of dope roles, except for Allison Williams. Um, yeah. And I think she's good in it. I mean, she you know, is really. I, good I don't in know it. if we like need to give another white girl an opportunity but that scene where she's trying to find the keys quote unquote yeah, yeah, and yeah. then she like turns and she's like hey, come on you know oh. <laughs> we're holding you hostage yeah that's a great scene yeah because i remember with like when or i saw it look lakeith stanfield i was like oh he's from atlanta but like he has like a kind of smaller role on atlanta right here he is right. like he's from short term 12 yeah short term 12 that, that cast a damn speak of popping off poppin we bring that off. up a lot uh <laughs> speaking of good acting elizabeth moss mm-hmm. yes elizabeth moss. so surely surely uh based on a true story i thought it was good i thought it was spooky yeah <laughs> i did not like the energy in that house at all <laughs> yeah it did feel like very like manic and crazy um, yeah. I think Elizabeth Moss is good in it, but I think it's also one of those things where it's like you always expect her to be really good and you expect her to play like crazy well, as we were just saying. So I kind of think the person who's the best in this was Michael Stuhlbarg. Is Michael Stuhlbarg. I knew you were going to say Michael Stuhlbarg. Well, we texted about this because it's like this is <laughs> uh, – oh, fuck. What's his name? Pearlman, Elia's dad. Yeah, Mr. Pearlman. Yeah, Mr. Perlman, like, at, like the worst version of that. Like, he's so good at playing, like, smarmy, you know, studious man. Yeah. No, <laughs> and he's, then, like, like, the to- typecast professor. It's just the fact that this right. professor is, like, a little creepy, inappropriate. Their whole house just, yeah, kind of, I was like, why are these kids living here? Like... Surely, haha, they should be able to, you know, get something better because this seems like a terrible situation. But yeah, I, yeah, the house stressed me out. And I mean, I thought it was really good though. I had never seen the director had done Madeline's Madeline before, which I know David Ehrlich really yeah. raved about, but I never got to that yeah, year. I never saw that. Um, may, maybe I'll check it out now. But 
I, and then also, I mean, it did kind of reinvigorate me of like, remember when like there were good new movies and they were good and they were coming out all the time. And even if I like never rewatched Shirley, I have this moment now where I saw a good movie and it was new and exciting and like a little screener for just for me. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I think it would have been fun to see in theaters. It did. It was like had this like desperate to go to a theater. <laughs> had this like creepiness to it, but it wasn't like. You know, you're worried about someone, like, creeping up behind another. Right. Though Michael Stuhlberg does creep up uh, behind uh, Logan Lerman's wife. I forget what her name is in the movie. Yeah. Which was a little gross. <laughs> but yeah, there's, I mean, the energy in that house, it's just bad. It's weird. But, yeah. And it's like, I, I was kind of trying to read up on Shirley Jackson after we watched, mm-hmm. and I forget what her husband's name is, but obviously this was based on Stanley a... Stanley Hyman. Yes, and this was based on a true story. And, yeah, it was just saying that, like, they were in an open marriage mostly because, like, he was fucking around with his students, and that was kind of, like, all that she could give. Where And it was, like, he, yeah. like, really defended her and loved her and respected her and... Um, like most, it seemed like a lot of just like respect for her work, but also like mm-hmm. he wanted to get laid by his yeah. little eighteen-year-old students, right? But even like, I mean, it makes you hate him because the whole movie he's talking about like her next book and how he thinks it's kind of trite yeah. and like she's above this topic, and then he reads it and he's like, "Wow, it's." it's pretty fucking good and so you're glad that he recognizes but then at the end he's like i have some notes and you're like of course you do you fucking dick like uh and we as you know the audience know that she's the famous one no one knows his name you know i i read the lottery in high school i don't i've never read anything by him oh so i never read the lottery that's satisfying oh it's like a short story she wrote the haunting um, of hill house though Right, but I haven't seen that show, nor have I read it. Nor have I, but I think, like, Stephen King has said that that was, like, the best horror story either, like, ever written or in the 20th century. Yeah, I know people are real horny for that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of horny, this movie had a lot of sex in it, too. It did. It was, like, the the energy in the house was also very horny. Yeah. Um, Like, it's just everyone fucking. Um, But... Yeah, surprisingly, we I, I guess I'm, like, trying to think. We didn't, like, read a hor- horror in high school, so I guess we wouldn't have read. Yeah. But the lottery isn't really, like, true horror. It's kind of, like, a dystopian type thing. Gotcha. I would um, say, like, beyond, like, Frankenstein or something, you don't get too right. scary in an American that. high school. Spooky. Yeah. I mean, I found Of Mice and Men to be traumatizing, but that was more of a me thing. <laughs> I never read that. Um, oh, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. I've always mm-hmm. loved Logan Lerman, so it was nice to see him, even though he's not doing much except for cheating on his wife. So that's not great. Right. Um, Percy Jackson's an adult. Yeah, he's an adult now, so that's <laughs> fine. You know, good cast. I think it, it premiered at Sundance and had got really mm. reviews. So I can yes, see why. yes. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah, sure. Some real Sundance shit. It's on Hulu, right? Woo! Yeah. I think. We recommend it. Yeah. If you want to watch like a stressy, sexy, 
it seems like it seems it feels very humid even though i think the house is in vermont it's just yeah, like it the vibes <laughs> yeah it's well yeah i mean they're not air conditioned it's like suffocating <laughs> yeah it does feel very suffocating because she also yeah. like has issues where she just like is too has so much anxiety to leave the house so yeah you do feel mm-hmm. like she's cooped up she probably doesn't bathe all that often she ended up dying when she was like in her 40s i think from like a heart attack but she had all yeah. sorts of um problems so issues yeah, yeah. anyway but anyway good movie yeah yeah it's interesting that it's a based on a true story though because i think they have like four kids and i don't know if like mm-hmm. that would be a really if the, if, lovely if they just <laughs> come later <laughs> Well, also, like, the, the kids might see this and be like, oh, what did they do with this movie about my parents? Like, my parents in it, and it's this. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like, like, it doesn't feel like a biopic. No. You know, like, it feels, well, especially because it's, like, over the course of a year, basically. But it's very much just, like, like you could see all these characters being fictional as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I tried to find the book that she was writing, like what it was called to read the synopsis, (laughs) and I couldn't find it on the Wikipedia page. I mean, obviously, there are other places to go to, so I don't know if maybe it was like something that was in like a collection of stories, who knows, but Mm -hmm. anyway. Fun. Yeah. I think, well, Mm -hmm. if we're comparing Elizabeth Moss movies from 2020 i think i like mm-hmm. the invisible man more but well the invisible man's like a popcorn film yeah you know? for like sure. that's like a fun time you know and also we could go to the movie theater I like i think i had buffalo cauliflower when i watched it and that just enhances my experience <laughs> i saw the invisible man right before quarantine like a week I or think so the last, before i i'll have to double check but it was like my last ones were the invisible man and emma and then my last two were definitely the way back and call of the wild and i think call of the wild was oh the last God. movie i, I saw forgot those movies came out uh <laughs> yeah i just remember i saw the invisible man i was having like a day where i was feeling kind of i was feeling pretty sad and so I was mm-hmm. like, I needed a distraction. So I went to go see The Invisible Man. And, like, as the lights were going down, I was, like, texting Micah to, like, make plans for us to go on, like, a little trip over the weekend because I was just, like, feeling kind of bummed. And, uh, yeah, then we went on a little trip. And pretty much right after that, the world shut down. Oh, uh, so. you hate to hear it. But anywho, things that do not make me feel sad... Uh, when Harry met Sally. When Harry met Sally makes me feel nothing but joy. Ugh. And just like, you know, like when you go to a, <laughs> a museum and you're standing in front of a work of art and you're just like, majesty. <laughs> it's so good. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's so good because by the time they finally get together, you feel like you earned it and they earned it you're like you've seen like every aspect like 
every permutation of their relationship and now it's like you're so happy that they're together and you're like you've seen them grow as people and you've seen them like fall in love with each other even though it was like really subtle because they were just friends but they were friends who like would talk on the phone every night and they like so deeply cared about each other and that's what's so good about when they're friends because there are these moments like where they're they they are like just being friends, but you just see these little glimpses where sometimes you see one of them like falling in love with the other just yeah. a little bit, and you're like, oh, it's so good. The nuance in this movie is really good. Like they this movie, <laughs> I think we've talked about it. Both actors give so much charm to each character I like never in my life would I be like hot for Billy Crystal and then like I like watch this movie and I'm like Harry's like kind of obnoxious but he's also like kind of great and I would 100% but that's like at his sexiest is when he's like in sharper image and he's like playing with the karaoke machine singing Oklahoma which is like on paper, the nerdiest fucking shit. <laughs> like, and I would be mortified if that started happening. But he just starts doing it, and he's like putting his arms up and like posing with his leg. Oh. And I'm like, oh my god, I love this man. Yeah. This is so funny. It's so good. You guys are perfect together. And then she's such a bad singer, and she, oh, it's so good. Well, and it's also good because it's <laughs> like they very much present to you like these are the characters' flaws. And it's, yes. like, nothing like that terrible, but that's, I would say, how most right. people are. I mean, everyone has right. their flaws. Um, right. But and it's, like... The one that I always get is when uh, she is crying over Joe getting married, and he's, like, did you want to marry Joe? And she's, like, no, but why didn't he want to marry me? Honestly, <laughs> like, though, that's, girl. like, that would... Girl, girl, girl. A hundred percent. I mean, it's kind of happened to me in, like, a lesser capacity, uh, obviously. <laughs> I've never been near marriage, but, I mean, that's, like, kind of the natural reaction. I mean, we're all just yes. a little bit, like... And it's not rational, not but it is natural. <laughs> well, and I think that's also, like, a really great question for him to ask, and it's like, oh, my God, they just get each other so much, so... I know. And they, and then that's the, I mean, the other thing that's so good is like, you see them like kind of brush up against each other and not become friends and kind of hate each other. And then when they do become friends, it's like they're both at their like lowest moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they're not putting on airs. They're not going to like, they're not trying to get with each other. And they've other already the rolled out the fact that like, she felt like he was coming on to him when they were right. like doing the drive from Chicago to New York. And so from, mm-hmm. and I feel like I want to say women just because I can speak for myself, but I feel like when you're like, I'm not attracted to that person, a lot of the times things are not going to change in that regard. So like years will go by and you'll see him again and you'll be like, oh yeah, like that guy was a dick or whatever. Dipshit. Yeah. But. But it's also like he, like, like, I also think it's so perfect that. Like, the reason that she doesn't like him is, at the beginning, is because he's, like, an abrasive asshole coming out of college, and he's, like, hitting on her even though he's dating her friend, which is just, like, a little 22-year-old piece of shit to do, Yeah, you know? And then you see him, like, grow up and become mature and, like, be married for years and, like, want to be in love, and you're like, okay, Mm. I understand how you could come around, but I understand why he was a piece of shit to begin with, but also, even in the car, so charming, 
right off the bat. Goddamn. He's just like spitting game. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. I really love, I love like their banter and how like they just show their differences where he's like, would you like a grape? And she was like, no, I don't like to eat between meals. Because like, that's like, oh my such, God, like, a- I don't like to eat between meals is like, it's like one of the first lines of the movie. And you're immediately like, I get it. Like, I like, understand I know this dynamic this completely. Yeah. yeah. Just like they so quickly or like when at the first, you know, they first go to that diner and she orders and it's like the most complicated order. And it's like, and I want apple yes, pie ice cream with such a pain in I the want ass. apple pie with ice cream, but not vanilla ice cream. I want strawberry and I want it off to the side and I want this and right. I want that. And if there's no strawberry ice cream, forget the whole thing. The pie, the ice cream. I still want the pie, but not heated up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just like she just it comes off like Meg Ryan is so great in this. Uh, apparently the concept of Sally being a picky eater is based off of Nora Ephron. She's, I guess, a picky mm-hmm. eater. And, like, she was once on an airplane and she ordered in kind of a, a very particular way. And the stewardess asked mm-hmm. her if she had ever seen When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> she's like, bitch, I wrote it. Yeah, she's like, that's my movie. I... Yeah, I think they talk about this a lot on Blank Check about how collaborative of a movie this was and how Rob Reiner was like, I'm if I'm going to direct it, I want a female writer so that we really have this dynamic of like it really connecting with men and it really connecting with women. Mm -hmm. And they were all very like collaborative on set and that I just love to hear that shit. Yeah, well, (laughs) well, I guess I think it was like Meg Ryan. She was the one who suggested like they were just going to like talk about like faking orgasms. And Meg Ryan right. was like, well, why don't I pretend to have one? And then it was like, yeah. why don't I pretend to have one, like, in the middle of the diner? And right. I think that... And then Billy Crystal came up with the, I'll have what she's having. And it all just comes together, yeah. baby. Well, and also, <laughs> it was like, oh, when they're in the museum and he starts doing the, like, pecan pie bit, you can see mm-hmm. Meg Ryan, like, look off to the side. And she's looking at Rob Reiner, and he, like, gives her a nod, being like, <laughs> keep going with it. And she does, and like you that's can see her scene. like snap back in because she's like, "What is this?" And then he like, and then she snaps back into the scene. I watched that. I rewatched that as well. And when you don't know to look for it, it looks just you know normal. But when you know to look for it, yeah, you're like, oh, I see what happened there. But also, she has like she's really bad at the accent, and it's so charming. And he's like kind of asking her out, but it's like a soft ask <sighs> out because they're such good friends. I love it. They have so much chemistry. It's, they have so much chemistry. And I think it's and I, so fucking good. I saw the Harry character was based off of Rob Reiner because he was like going through a divorce. So right, I like I think that's really right. cool that it was like yeah, like you said, very collaborative. Right. And they said like some of it they pulled like apparently like when Rob Reiner was going through a divorce, he would call Billy Crystal. They were really good friends and they would like talk to each other while they watch TV. So oh. they're like, okay, well, we'll have Is Billy we'll have Crystal Harry. just the best? Is he <laughs> Maybe. Like, this, like secret gem? Are we just like wasting time loving he, Tom Hanks I mean, when we can be giving if a I, little love to Billy Crystal? <laughs> If I listen to Ben Schwartz, he is a gem because Ben Schwartz loves him and yeah. uh, during social distancing went and played basketball at, at, on his basketball court while Billy Crystal sat on the porch. I, that's just something I was thinking about. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, goddamn, Billy Crystal is so good in this movie. So is Meg Ryan. So is Carrie Fisher. So is yeah. everyone. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's fun. I, like, kind of always forget that she's in this because it's, like, not – well, I guess I think of, like, stereotypical Carrie Fisher would be, like, Star Wars – Right. But obviously she had a career after that. Um, 
Right. So, yeah, I think that she's fun is like the – well, and I also like when they go on the date, they go on the double date to like – because both their yes. best friends are like, if Sally's so great, like, can I date her? And it's like, if right. Harry's so great, why can't I date him? And then they go on a date and it's right. just like nothing's clicking. And still right. at that moment, you're like, oh, well, they're like just like good friends. Like they're not – it wasn't like Sally and Harry were like vibing and like sparks were right. flying. I also right. just kind of love that this is a movie that's, like, not – I mean, obviously it has those scenes with, like, the older couples talking about their story. So it is, like, a rom-com. But, like, yes. it's not a movie that's, like, you have to find a partner to be happy. Like, it doesn't feel no. like either one of them is, like, really looking for love. Right. They, they stumbled into it. And then the other thing is they, they don't, like – they don't compromise like they both are in other relationships and other situations throughout different points in the movie and it's just like no it's it's got to be these two you were talking about the scene where they go on the double date and i love that scene and i'm just going to keep talking about blank check it's the bradley wetford podcast for me of the week <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, they were like okay so what's going to happen is you know you guys are going to be all kind of walking down the street together and then like the guys are going to pull ahead and the girls are going to hang back so that the girls can have their little huddle about how they want to switch guys and the guys are gonna have their huddle about how they want to switch girls and so they're walking down the street and they're like all right so the girls are gonna pull back and instead <laughs> Carrie Fisher goes I've been looking for some red suede pumps yeah <laughs> and like that is like the instigator of them to go window shop and have the little huddle and I'm like see that is so genius because that is what a girl would do you wouldn't 100%. just fall back naturally no. you'd have to come up with an excuse and a good excuse is oh look let's talk about shoes they won't listen yeah the guys don't want to hear about that so they're just gonna be like be over no. there and chit chat and it's like, but don't do it today because, like, Sally's in a really rough place. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to get a cab. I'll share one. <laughs> yeah, and then you just, like, run on in there. Um, I did – I saw, um, you know, IMDb trivia. I didn't make it all mm-hmm. the way through because there are many trivia points, and I've been very sleepy lately. Um, but <laughs> apparently Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron, and the director – um, chose the beautiful locations to highlight the character's lack of insight. So it's like they're blind to romance as the love is growing between them. So that's the logic for Harry's apartment being gorgeous. I mean, mm-hmm. the windows mm-hmm. overlooked Empire State Building. So it could yeah. either be like the most gorgeous romantic place in the world or in much of his case, it's a very lonely place. Yeah, so like yeah, I yeah. also think uh. like that's kind of fun too because you're 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 watching and you're kind of like, walking through Central Park in the fall with, like, your good friend who you can tell, like, all your secrets to and you have this great chemistry right. with. And you're like, talking about, like, sex dreams. Oh, my God. I <laughs> love when like, she's like, uh, my sex dream is that someone rips <laughs> off my clothes. And he's like. A, fa- a faceless man. And he's like, that's it? She's like, yeah. And he's like, it doesn't ever change. And she's like, that's the one you've been having, you know, since you were a teenager. And she was like, yeah. yeah. It doesn't change. Well, sometimes I'm wearing different clothes. It's like, it's so funny because it's like, (laughs) these characters are so themselves. Yes. I also love, one of my favorite bits is when he's leaving all the messages at the end. And like, he's like, all right, so the options are one, you don't want to talk to me, so so you're not picking up the phone. Two, uh, you want to talk to me, but you're not here. Three, you desperately want to talk to me, but you're stuck under something heavy. And it's like, that's such a dumb, silly little joke. And it doesn't feel overly written. Uh It does just feel like something he would say. And I'm like, 
I adore you guys. <laughs> I love them. I just, uh. ugh, I love all the backstory that we get. I love watching their relationship grow to your point yeah. of what you're saying earlier. When I was watching this movie, I like, I texted Micah just to see if he had seen this before. And fortunately he hasn't. And I was like thinking in my head, I was like, is it just me with like my rose colored glasses? Or like, is this a movie that I think that like men would enjoy? I think it's a movie men would enjoy. Like, I think that I they... think it's a movie men would enjoy. And I also like feel like they might like kind of giggle at like how Sally is too. Like, I mm-hmm. love when Harry's like. I also think. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I say I love when Harry's like on the side is a really big thing for you when he's like just like kind of <laughs> explaining to her like how she is. He's yeah. just so great. <laughs> Harry is so. I mean, he's like kind of. No, no. I'm sorry. He like he has BDE. For starters. Yeah. No, huge BDE. That's like, he's kind of like a Bradley Whitford for me. Had they like remade this in the 90s, like Bradley Whitford would have been this character. I think like Relax. Tom Hanks said no to it. Um, Tom's too nice. And he doesn't Michael have the edge. Keaton was in the running. And I'm Michael like, Michael Keaton, Keaton could have made this work for sure. Michael Keaton could have definitely made this he work. He has a, um, a very similar energy to, um, yeah. what is this, 87 or 89, Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, there's like, this is only a step or two away from Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And I, the other thing is, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I guess... I, I don't know how I, I don't I guess I haven't watched this with a guy before but I also think it's kind of they they kind of get you in the one part that I feel like hasn't aged the only part that I feel like hasn't aged is like right at the very beginning setting the precedent like the premise of the movie is like men and women can't be friends you know yeah like I don't want them to prove that right really but I do think like it starts off like pretty cynical and like you know I, I feel like that could loop a guy in and then by the end they could come around. Yeah, it starts really cynical and then it like very subtly you like, I mean, maybe that's just because, I mean, I'm maybe more of like a romantic like they call- than you, but like I don't feel like it's like super quick that like a flip is switch and it's like, oh yes, they need to be together. It's not like the typical rom-com where it's like, oh, cynical guy. And then it's like, but he meets the one girl who changes it all. It's like you see right. them go through and the other relationships. Thing is she she doesn't like him when he's being cynical. Like at the beginning when he's an asshole, she's not into it. Like I feel like a lot of like rom-coms nowadays it's like they don't get along and then one day they kiss each other in anger and now it's all passion you know like when he's being an asshole she's like I hate that guy he's so annoying and then when they're both like kind of at a really humble point they like come together and then he's like never really can be an asshole to her again because she knows who he really is and I think it's a perfect movie it is (laughs) well and it's like it spans uh, the other thing is, is that they like they age the characters, which is fun. So it starts mm-hmm. in seventy seven. The hair, you got to follow the hair. Yeah, so she has the Farrah Fawcett <laughs> hair. She's twenty one mm-hmm. years old, just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Cut to five years later when she's with Joe. So she's mm-hmm. twenty six, and then they cut to nineteen eighty seven when she's thirty one, which is so funny to see like women in like the 80s or early 90s how they dress at 31 i mean right shoulder <laughs> their power galore. suits you mean <laughs> yeah. yeah so you also it's like you believe the fact that like they're growing up too right 
Right. And you also, I they talk about this on Blank Check, but it shows like when she's with Joe, she dresses like very like buttoned up, very professional, kind yeah. of yuppie. And as she gets more comfortable, it like falls into the more like, I mean, it's still very impeccable, but like Annie Hawley, oh. you know, like comfortable jeans, maybe a vest, a scarf, a fun hat here or there. <laughs> Uh, her hair just gets curlier. Yeah, the scene where she, where, the scene where they first sleep together, her hair is like bananas. It's so it's curly. so curly. I <laughs> thought of that too. And she like lays down next to him, and his eyes are like, "Oh fuck, what did I just do?" Man, I love that scene because uh, she's just like so blissful, and he's like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they all call each other, or they call like their friends on the phone. Oh. Apparently, that took sixty takes. Yes, so they talked about that on Blank Check as well. They had to do it all live on one soundstage because they had to time it out exactly so they weren't talking over each other. But it still had to sound like a natural conversation on both ends if you took out the other half of the conversation. And they, like, apparently they had one earlier on where they did the whole line right but then i can't remember the name of the guy that's with carrie fisher Mm -hmm. but uh, they both hang up and he has to say a line to carrie fisher and he fucks it up (gasps) after getting the whole phone call right and they're like no and then they're like magically on like the 60 something take it 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 was perfect and they're like let's do one more just to make sure and then the one right after that was like a train wreck and they're like we got it we got it we're moving on (laughs) wow yeah I also that is I mean that's so good all the phone call stuff is like is just choice when it's like her and him just on the phone I mean it's like kind of it reminds me of like now where you're just like texting people and it's like staying up late you know you're like trying to share like some sort of like connection with someone and it's like you're Mm -hmm. hanging out with someone even though you're apart it's just so cute yeah it's very Netflix party yeah which we have tonight (laughs) Um, I also really like that they made Harry the one who got divorced. And mm-hmm. because it like otherwise I feel like normally it would be like, oh, the, he's like a lifelong bachelor and she's his right. friend and then all of a sudden they fall right. in love. And in this it's like, no, he's like he's fallen in love before. It just unfortunately right. didn't work out and like he's and I also like over it. It's it's kind of like hinted at that like one of the reasons that she kind of leaves Joe is that she might want kids, but that's not like her whole defining personality, yeah. you know? It's like she's just like I looked at me and Joe and like it wasn't a family. Like there were there that wasn't Oh yeah, that's the future for sad. me. You know? Man, that really gets me. God, this movie's <laughs> like God. It really and, hits it puts you so through the well. emotional ringer. It's so good. I, I told Nor this earlier, but I watched the whole thing like at midnight on Saturday. And then I woke up on Sunday, and as I was listening to the blank check, I would pause it and then watch the scene when Harry met Sally and then listen back to the podcast. And it's just, and also, it's you know how I feel about this. It's a tight 135. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just hits. Mm. I love it's it. It's good. I, love I, I know it. we've talked about it, it was on both of our. Uh, top rom-coms of all time list I think but yeah man man it's it's definitely I mean it's defining yeah well that's what you're saying it's also a movie I have no idea the first time I saw it no idea it seems like I've only ever it seems like it's only ever been a part and of it's me. on tv a lot <laughs> Though, yeah, because I remember I was like on a work trip in Mexico and I was in the gym and 
when Harry Met Sally was on TV and I put it on and I was thinking like, oh, they'll like edit this. I mean, there was like one other person in the gym with me and then the orgasm scene happens, which I always think is shorter than it is, but it is like a... No, it's... They sit in it. (laughs) And everyone just starts... It has to be... I love that, like, people start to, like, turn around, like, what in the world is going on? Like, they show yeah. that. And then Meg Ryan just, like, takes a bite out of her sandwich and was just like. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. good. She just, like, takes him down so many pegs immediately. Oh, it's genius. This movie's so good. Yeah. I just... And he thinks so highly of himself. He deserves to be brought down. <laughs> Man. Did Blank Check talk about, like, any of the uh, movies that draw influence from this, or? I mean, they said, like, for a while, like, the I feel like the big one kind of after this, that they, they were like, there's really this one, and then, like, kind of the opposite almost of this is, like, The Sleepless in Seattle, which is, like, mm. almost not even that funny at all. Yeah, and, like, I didn't not like together Sleep- the whole Sleepless time. in Seattle all that much. I watched it when but, I was I mean, in Seattle. Oh, yeah. The Sleepless in Seattle isn't my favorite. Um, they're not together the whole time. You don't get to play off the chemistry. Yeah. I mean, they talked about how this like kind of very clearly comes from like, um, you know, like his girl Friday type, you know, yeah, really like back and forth banter between a man and a woman. Real quick talk. Um, I mean, it's like set it up. I mean, it's like everything good. <laughs> yeah. The, like, like a winning combo. <laughs> the voiceover aspect or just like having them be on the phone or all that. It reminded me a lot of you've got yeah. mail. Yeah. Which yeah. And, comes and later. yeah. Right. And then that's, I mean, it's, it's, there are, I feel like, you know, a little bit niche differences because you got males like they are enemies and then they're like secret friends and they're hooking up, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is just like, I mean, this is like a life. This movie is a life. (laughs) So good. good. And they also, the, another thing that they talk about a lot is that like this and Annie Hall were like at the same time, very compared. And this was kind of considered like mainstream Annie Hall. Mm. And they're like, looking back, this, this is so much better than Annie Hall. Like Annie Hall was so up its own ass and this is so universal. I like Annie Hall. Uh, I like Annie Hall too, but it is up its own ass. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know what I think we need to help either coronavirus or Black Lives Matter? We should have a petition for a reunion of When Harry Met Sally and have like Mm -hmm. Meg and Billy reenact like at least one scene. This well, you think it would disappoint you, us? you reminded me. Uh, no, Jack Quaid, like recently on a, on a, like in an interview, was saying he had never seen When Harry Met Sally because he's like you, you know, like growing up, you don't want to see the movie where your mom famously fakes an orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, I saw it like last year, and I called my mom, and I was like, This is amazing. Why didn't you ever tell me how good you were? Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> she's really good. Yeah, Which one do you think is. is better? Can you pick? Um, of oh, Billy Crystal, and Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. No, I can't choose. Like it's you have to have them both. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, I want to watch it again. Yeah, I know that was me. That was me, and I did basically. <laughs> I hope maybe one day we'll be able to go back to movie theaters and they'll play with some, play this in a movie theater. Man. If I ever, like, had to program a weekend, this would be on it. This is, I mean, mwah, cinema. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
good. It's like everything you love about a rom-com. It's everything. It's everything you could ever want. I'm not being dramatic. It's everything you could ever want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Makes me so happy. I'm happy that we watched it. Me too. Really brought me joy this week. Same. Well, nice. Anything else? What do you recommend? Um, so I previous in previous weeks had recommended um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and over the weekend we started the uh, follow up like series. Uh, oh fuck, what's it called? It's like the Adventures of Korra, the Legend of Korra. I can't believe I forgot that. I watched two seasons in two days. Um, the Legend of Korra, and season two is okay, but season one really slaps. So if you like uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and you're like, damn, I need to continue. Uh, the Legend of Korra. Nice. Really good. Yeah. Cool. CBS All Access. You can get a free trial for a week. <laughs> Fuck that. No. I hate stuff when it's on CBS. CBS I know, All Access is stupid. I know. Heard it's it like, here first. It's originally from like Nickelodeon, and then you have to get it through CBS All Access. And we were like, oh, so CBS I like made a little deal Nick? with three people. I don't know if they own Nick or they just bought the show, but that's the sitch but we were like oh if if it takes longer than one week we'll get another trial and then we'll get another trial because there's three of us and i think there's almost no situation in which we don't finish it by saturday (laughs) (laughs) nice we've been watching fargo the tv show by that i mean we've watched like three episodes and also we started Mm. the newsroom i've seen it okay you watched the last time we talked you had watched one episode of fargo the tv show so i'm (laughs) seeing you've made a ton of progress yeah i obviously you know that i never enable you to watch to rewatch the newsroom you've had plenty of newsroom content in your life and that can be enough did you i mean like i didn't realize that greg matola is his last Mm -hmm. name uh, he was like one of the creators of the newsroom, yeah, and director, and directed Superbad. Like, how funny! Yeah, I what know. What a funny filmography. But like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like maybe you're just one of those guys who works with good writers. <laughs> maybe blessed, touched by an <sighs> angel. Touched um, by an angel. I'm gonna recommend the Bradley Whitford episode of Armchair Expert. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. I love him so much. I'm like, do I need to rewatch The West Wing? Because oh, Josh Lyman fucks. You, can I just say, like, I really don't think that this quarantine has been good for your <laughs> instinct to rewatch Sorkin content. And we've had Social Network on the docket forever. And, like, if that is going to put you into some sort of tailspin, we can keep pushing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what do we have coming out? We, I think we're planning on doing King of Staten Island that comes out this yes. weekend. I'm actually interested in that. It's, it's another seen, one we would have seen at the, at South the by. Best. Yeah. I've seen kind of, but mixed now we can reviews. see it two months later. So I've also seen mixed reviews, but I'm interested. We'll see. Basically like the, the one that seems like something I will try to focus on the most is that don't go in expecting like a, Judd Apatow knocked up kind of movie. I feel like I feel like the trailer set us up for you know this being more of like an indie drama. Yeah, <laughs> a dramedy. Um, I mean, anything I think it's centered like, around the fact that you someone lost a parent to nine eleven is inherently maybe right. That's a how it's. More that's heavy. how the trailer opens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I'm kind of excited for that. Steph said she would watch it. She's not much of a movie person, but she famously 
has a crush on Pete Davidson. So yeah, I don't want to talk cool. about like oh, everything you're bringing up in the last five <laughs> minutes of this episode are just like giving me hives. <laughs> At least I didn't say that I have a crush on Pete Davidson. I'm just saying love- the people of the apartment that you reside have some questionable taste. Do you think it's like the Shirley house over here? Like we're all just going yeah, all you crazy. guys are playing off each other too much. Steph, if she is confessing to you that she's into Pete Davidson, she feels too comfortable in that house. She told me that forever <laughs> ago, and I was just like, "Really?" Because uh, I, I was really? like, who, "I have a friend who's your into Pete celebrity Davidson crush. Too. You're into Pete Davidson." <laughs> no, I have a friend who. Oh is. yeah, it's like not, not unheard of because like clearly he fucks. Like he like really pulls some A list. No, celebs. clearly. <laughs> But also, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So we'll watch The King of Staten Island. Oh, I like how I saw a tweet and it was how, like, Marissa Tomei has transitioned from being, like, hot in Hollywood to being, like, aged mom. And it's just kind of like, how did this work out for her? She's still, like, a hot mom. Every, every. I mean, she's just hot. When when you're hot, you get to play hot. That's the rules. <laughs> you go, Marissa Tomei. Man, I still think about her ass in those jeans. Uh, <gasps> Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the reason I work out. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Dakota in El Royale. Oh, my gosh. El Royale. Man, I need to get some, like, flared jeans. Maybe it'll turn my life around. I remember, like, semi-recently, I we, I think we were watching, oh, I think it was when we were in, for Memorial Day, went out of town, we were looking for things to watch, and Bad Times at El Royale, oh, no, it was Cabin in the Woods was on, and then they recommended Bad Times at El Royale mm, as another mm-hmm, option, mm-hmm. and I asked Micah if he had seen it, and he was like, no, and I was like, we should watch the trailer, because Dakota Johnson's <laughs> butt looks so good in those jeans. <laughs> yeah. I I, I feel like I remember liking that movie, but it just like kind of came out in the storm of a lot of other movies that I really liked, and I thought I would like it yeah, more. Yeah, it was like a November I, I release. Bad I thought yeah, I was going to like it more, It was just kind of a complicated too. time. I mean, great cast. Great cast. Me, and some really good stuff. Also. Just a, little, just a little too much, maybe. Give me a movie where I want to spin off of Chris Hemsworth's backstory. Yeah, I also I mentioned this I mentioned this a lot at the time and I'll mention it again. Why wouldn't you put Cynthia Rivo's acapella singing on the soundtrack? Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that was like the first time that I was like being introduced to her and I was like, oh, my God, she's like such a talented singer and she's like already won a Tony. And yeah. just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, the world recognizes that. But that's okay. Let's give her a nom for Harriet. Oh my gosh! You know I think she's great, but come on, Harriet, come on, <laughs> come on. Um, anyway, uh, we'll be lucky if we have Oscars at all last year, so we'll all be remembering fondly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, we've pretty much covered it all. We've covered politics, BA. Mm-hmm. We've covered Shirley. Right. We've covered uh, Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally. Royale. Harriet. Right. Correct. You know, we've just like been around the world and back. That's so like I guess we just a logical thread. Very logical thread. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> over here. Um yeah. I guess we just call it then. I mean, I feel like it's time to call it. All right. Why fight it? Till next time. Bye. Bye. To follow us on social media, follow us at on the underscore download on Twitter and at 
on the download podcast on Instagram. You can also find us individually at meganspell.com and laurenoriega.com.